Welcome to the Gospel Saves Podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me. Welcome back to our study of the resurrection of Jesus. Was the resurrection of Jesus an historical event? Do we have legitimate reasons to believe Jesus actually rose from the dead? I believe the answer to both of those questions is yes. We can be confident Jesus of Nazareth died by crucifixion. We also see the disciples of Jesus fully persuaded that they witnessed Jesus risen from the dead. One of the more compelling facts associated with the reported resurrection of Jesus is the change we see in James, the skeptical brother of Jesus. James transformed from an early critic of his older brother to one of his greatest disciples. Why? Because James was convinced he saw his brother risen from the dead. On our last program, we talked about the incredible transformation that we see taking place in the lives of the early disciples. How they went from scattering at the arrest of Jesus to standing up and boldly proclaiming that he had risen from the dead to the point that they were willing to die for him. As we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8, we think about the list of facts that Paul gives us there. We can see that Jesus appeared to multiple groups on a number of different occasions, that he appeared in a body, that this was a bodily resurrection, that the lives of the disciples were transformed from the night of Christ's arrest to the day of Pentecost to the early days of the church. All these facts point to a resurrection. That seems to fit the evidence the best. How else do you explain what took place there in those first few weeks and months following the death of Jesus? The next fact that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that Jesus appeared to James. Now, of all the things that Paul talks about in this passage, this one right here really convinces me. When he talks about James, he's talking about James, the the brother of Jesus. And the fact that James, the brother of Jesus, was converted is powerful evidence of Jesus' resurrection. If we go over to the third chapter of the book of Mark for a moment, I'd like to draw your attention to what Mark has to say about the family of Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, verse 21, we find the family of Jesus coming to a place where, where Jesus is preaching, and the house was so crowded that, that no one could get in. The reason, though, that his family came to him is quite remarkable. Mark says, But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. He is out of his mind. Did his family believe? No. They thought he was crazy. They came there in order to to rein him in, to bring him in, because these things that he's saying, these things that he's claiming to do, this isn't our brother. They think he's out of his mind. Later on in the 31st verse, 
His mothers and his brothers came. They're standing outside. They send to him. They call to him, presumably so they can take him away, as we're told back in verse 21. The multitude that's standing around says to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. This is when Jesus asks, Who is my mother or my brothers? Mark tells us he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. The reason why Jesus says this very difficult thing is because his family had rejected him. He was here to carry out the will of God. He was here to bring a message from God. And his family was not receiving him. And because of their rejection... Jesus looks around at those who are closest to him and says, Look, if you do the will of God, you're my family. Even though I'm biologically related to these people who are outside, they're not really my family because they're not doing the will of God. They think I'm crazy. So you people sitting here and listening to me and following me, you're my family. Over the seventh chapter of of John, verses 1 through 10, John tells us about one of the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember that the Feast of Tabernacles was one of the three feasts that all Jewish males were to present themselves at the, at the temple. Jesus' brothers challenge him to go up to Jerusalem and openly proclaim himself. You say all these things about yourself. You're performing these miracles. You're, you've got these teachings. Well, why don't you go up to Jerusalem and openly declare yourself to them? John, the apostle, tells us why they were challenging him. He says in verse number 5 that his brothers did not believe him. His brothers did not believe him. And in verse 10, John tells us that Jesus, in fact, went to the Feast of Tabernacles, but he did so after his brothers had left, and he did so in secret. The fact that Jesus' brothers did not believe in him is, is significant. And this corroborates what Mark is telling us back in Mark chapter 3. Now, Jesus had several brothers. Mark gives us the, the list of their names in, in Mark chapter 6. If you go over to Mark chapter 6, when Jesus is in his home synagogue, he's teaching there in verse number 2, and those who have known him his whole life say, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joses, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Now, here's the list of names, and notice on that list are two names, James and Judas, or Jude. Jesus says in verse number four, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. In other words, a prophet will be accepted everywhere by anyone else, except for the place where he comes from, even from his family, even from those who are closest to him. They will not accept him. 
Now, once again, Mark confirms for us what we read about earlier in chapter 3 and what we saw over in John chapter 7. His family did not buy what Jesus was selling. They did not accept him. And notice on that list, two names, James and Jude. Now, if we go to the book of Acts, we see a tremendous change in the brothers of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 14, the the family of Jesus is numbered alongside the rest of the disciples. Mary and her sons are, are right there, right there with the rest of the disciples. Isn't that interesting? They've gone from doubting him to now being numbered among those who believed in him. In Acts chapter 12, verse 17, after Peter is in jail, remember Herod arrested him and was going to put him to death after the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but Peter miraculously escaped, and when he want, wanted word sent to the apostles, he, he says, send word to James. Now this is not James, the brother of John, he's put to death earlier in chapter 12. This is James, the Lord's brother. In chapter 15, verses 13 through 22, we see this James once again standing up when this controversy over whether or not Jews, or pardon me, Gentiles should be circumcised and keep the law. When this controversy arose, it was James who stood up and argued on behalf of the Gentiles that this should not be imposed upon them. Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 9 in in another account of this, these, this series of events, calls James a pillar in the church. And in Acts chapter 21, verse number 18, we're told that James was prominent among the elders of the church in Jerusalem. And even if we go beyond the book of Acts, we can see that James, the brother of Jesus, had a profound impact on the early church. In Galatians chapter 1, verse number 19, Paul mentions him by name as one of the prominent members of the church in Jerusalem. He calls him a pillar later on in chapter 2. The epistle that bears his name is generally credited to James the Lord's brother. In Jude, his book, he, he calls himself the bondservant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 5, Paul argues that he is entitled to the same rights as the Lord's brothers to take along a believing wife. The, the Lord's brothers. Once again, a profound transformation has taken place. James and Jude have gone from being skeptics who doubted in their brother to men who were among his most ardent disciples. And why is that? Well, I think it's because of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7. That Jesus appeared to James. We have external historical testimony concerning James, offered by a couple of different sources. Hegesippus, who is quoted by Eusebius, has this to say concerning James. He says that James the brother of the Lord, succeeded to the government of the church in conjunction with the apostles. He has been called the just by all from the time of our Savior to the present day. For there were many that bore that name of James. 
and he was in the habit of entering alone into the temple and was frequently found upon his knees begging forgiveness for the people so that his knees became hard like those of a camel in consequence of his constantly bending them in worship of God and asking forgiveness for the people. Now, I don't know if James's knees actually became hard like a camel's. In fact, I'm not even really sure what that means. I've never felt a camel's knees before. But Hegesippus confirms what we see in the New Testament. James was a prominent member of the elders there in Jerusalem. And he's mentioned right alongside the apostles. And we know that James was an incredibly pious man. We can see that. He was also a close follower of the law. Even though he was a Christian, he still kept the traditions of his fathers. So all this that Hegesippus has to say about James, we can see in the New Testament. This, this agrees with the testimony concerning him. We also know from Josephus that James was put to death. He was brought before the Sanhedrin. Josephus identifies him as the brother of Jesus who is called Christ. And we're told by Josephus that he, along with some other men, were accused of being breakers of the law and were executed for their crime. In fact, Josephus tells us that he was stoned. Why was James stoned? Here's a good man, a good man who continued to keep the law. Well, remember, the punishment for blasphemy was stoning. That's how Stephen died at the end of Acts chapter 7. And that's how James died as well. James, like the apostles, had been transformed by the resurrection. He was a skeptic and an unbeliever who, when confronted with the evidence that his brother had raised from the dead, completely changed, was prominent among the elders and apostles in the early church, authored a book sent to the 12 tribes scattered throughout the Roman world, and ended up dying for his belief. What an amazing testimony. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Saves. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find him on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know and do His perfect will. Oh.